0: Hello, and welcome to the Don't Shop on Tuesdays podcast, part of the United Protest Movement. We're your hosts, Jacob and Barry, joined by Maxwell Hope. On today's episode, we'll be discussing how to DSOT. I'm
1: going to start here. I'm a little biased because I think it's wonderful. And I, you know, from day one, I have loved it. And as, as events happen, and like the pandemic or different things, it just to me seems easier and more elegant and more accessible. And I I know that we reiterate those words, but to me they're very defining of what this movement is. And since its inception four and a half years ago, we've seen different types of protests that are criminalized or or people are put into physical jeopardy. So how you DSOT is you don't extend, you don't make discretionary purchases, this on this day and and then, hopefully, what I have found is that I have more time, I have more focus, and I also use this day as renewal because not only do I feel in <coughs> unity with so many other people, I don't have to run and pick up this or or go here and do this or go to the whatever I have the time to focus on what's important to me,
0: yeah, so one of the questions that we often get is in terms of how is, you know, it's easy to explain, you know, how do you do this? You don't shop. Right. And we discussed about discretionary spending and things like that. But a lot of people will also ask, you know, how is this going to work and how does this relate to actually growing power?
2: Yeah. When I have talked to people about this, even though I'm fairly new to the movement, Mm -hmm. a lot of people do ask like, you know, they can't visualize how this could possibly have an impact. So. Yeah. How do you explain this to people?
0: Well, one of the things that I think, as we've discussed before, is this is about this is has sort of two, you know, separate but interrelated goals. One of them is to increase sort of the consumer consciousness and solidarity of people. Right. And so that is just an action that we're hoping that through don't shopping on Tuesdays, you're creating more awareness in yourself of your consumption habits. And you're creating solidarity and awareness of other activities and other forms of activism around the country. But in addition to that, you know, the other goal is obviously to try to create an economic cudgel here. And what we mean by that is that when, if we can, you know, large sets of people that are choosing voluntarily in solidarity to direct their consumer action, Through that economic activity, we now have an enormous amount of dollars that we can use to pressure and cause various companies to basically say, like, we want you to stop interfering, stop buying, and stop preventing our politicians from taking action, right? A lot of this is that, you know, one of the underlying points of DSOT is that the reason that a lot of these things are happening in our country is not because we're divided it's not because the american people don't want you know various issues you know and they don't not that they don't want their government to be working for them It's the fact that the people that are elected are elected through large campaign contributions and they serve the people you know and the money that got them elected rather than their constituents there's been some work done i think it was by was it Harvard or university? Harvard. It's yeah, Harvard University studying historical movements in, in the political sphere and what it was that made them successful? And so you need movements that have a cohesive enough message and that are sustainable for long enough to actually grow to a commensurate size and power. But it's a surprisingly small number of people that you actually need to be active and taking part in an action in a population. In fact, they found that it's about 3.5% of the population needs to be actively caring and involved in an issue topic set before you can actually sort of get the tipping point where that's a large enough number of people to create a movement that actually threatens capital and power. So how we DSOT is we build economic power and pressure in an effort to address and alleviate the concerns that, you know, corporations and, you know, powerful campaign contributors have, they are going to try to figure out how do we stop this sort of voluntary removal of discretionary spending? And how do we get people to act again? And through that, we can get seats at the negotiating table to actually allow for politicians to listen to us rather than only hearing the siren call of a campaign conference.
1: Also, to to go back briefly to the Harvard study, the word peaceful is used, that if 3.5% of the population is involved in a peaceful movement, then action and change takes place. Since its inception, I have talked to hundreds of people about DSOT. If you're behind me in the grocery store and you're not on your phone... You will, I will be talking to you about DSOT. And let me tell you something, a lot of people got it immediately. I mean, it just was very clear. You're one of them. It was very clear that we are not winning on these very important issues, that we need to be united. And this is a simple, easy step. A lot of people, but one of the most important, most often objections that I received was, if I don't buy broccoli on Tuesday, how will that make a difference? Now, In the beginning, Jacob and I really didn't know what to do. I mean, we created this thing that really, I don't know, it has much of a precedent, that it was a a combination of different things. But as we talked to people, then the stories, well, you know, we had this ally, we had this friend in California, and this is what he's doing. And this is what she's doing in Maine. And this is what they're all doing in Mississippi. And as we keep talking and and adding to Jacob's email, which we'll get into later, and as, you know, we, we, and we'll get into this later, also we're starting to profile a lot of our friends and allies, that then people will wait. If someone in North Dakota is doing this, then maybe it does have legs, and maybe it does have heft and power. And one of the, so that was pretty much in the beginning, one of the most often parts of the dialogues. I, I can't see it. I can't imagine it. And I don't get that anymore. I, you know, because I lead with, you know, here we are, we're everywhere, we're doing this, and people are realizing how hard their fight is.
2: Can I bring something up that I've encountered in my conversation? So one of the things, like, even though I do talk to them about, you know, getting to the negotiating table as like, I mean, that's kind of a long term goal because it's like, you know, this isn't a, a, an overnight movement. Obviously, this is something that is kind of like a slow going movement, but it is growing movement. One of the things is, how does the negotiating table work when you're not planning on stopping DSOT, right? You get to the negotiating table, but then it's like, how can you negotiate and say like, because if they, if they want you to stop DSOT, in order to get the, you know, you got to
1: give. So what are you giving? Can I, 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 that was an objection I got from a paid organizer. And I said, the least you say, the better. We have, we will have the power. We will have the unified consumer power. Don't promise anything. You sit down and say, this is what, this is what we can do um just one day a week. This is how united this this country is. This is how badly needed this issue is. Don't say we'll stop and say, Will you something no? Yeah. But you will need to talk to us about these issues because we just begun. This we you know, we had just started this. So don't don't give up anything. I once had a friend who's getting divorced. And her lawyer said, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Just say, this is our power. This is our movement. So is
2: it more about saying, like, we're We can already do this. So rather than saying we're going to stop doing it, we're just, we're not, if if you actually uh, negotiate with us, we're not going to do what we can do at our fullest. Exactly. I I
0: think that DSOT as it grows, if we can get to the point of of getting to the negotiating table, that DSOT can be thought of sort of as a shot across the bow. It's not an actual, you know, we're not actually even really doing any economic harm because, we're not saying even shop less. We're saying, you know, shift your discretionary spending to the other six days a week. Now, that might incidentally, for you know, just impulse buys, it might decrease some economic activity. But more it's a demonstration that there is some level of controlled ability that people are united enough to be able to choose around their economic activity. And that then suggests that they can choose to do other things. So if we get to the negotiating table, I think that the counter proposal is that, you know, either you start letting us do this or we'll start not shopping on Thursdays as well because they both start or, with tea. or we'll
2: we'll go even bigger. Exactly. We'll do even more.
0: Exactly. The the point is that we're not backing down here. We're saying that this is a training exercise. This is something where everyone can participate in and grow every week. They, you know, organizing and activism and participatory muscle, right? That that sort of thing takes practice in order to grow the capacity in U.S. society, in our society, to actually take action as collective groups. And so once we're at the negotiating table, you know, that's how we'll know that we're, you know, that we're making progress. And then it's time to start talking about what it is all that we could do if, you know, the corporations and things. And we're not even asking where, you know, we're not even asking for you know, them to go out of business. We're not trying to, you know, shut down any of these places necessarily. We're simply saying stop with our political process, bribing our politicians to the point that desperately needed issues are just not being addressed. So I think we we go on the offense is how we,
1: how we deal with it. You don't get up off the couch and say, I think I'll do the Ironman marathon. You have to then train in those three areas of swimming and biking and running. And Jacob has often said, this is developing aggregate political muscle and will. And it can be discouraging because we've seen amazing demonstrations. The Women's March, people coming into D.C., people calling up of their congressmen. We just had a situation with, with something that Manchin wanted to put into the the bill, that the watered-down BBB bill, that would help. Facilitate and speed lines in getting pipelines, and there was a massive protest, and there were a lot of groups having people call, and they called DC, and it was tabled. But now it's emerged again, and and it could be very disheartening to people that no matter how important it is, how important it is for the country, how effective they are, at the end of the day, they don't have the economic clout. So when if if people are approaching us and we have made a difference and we i we come from a power or well, from strength you know you we've made it clear what we need and now we show you how powerful we are and you can't even imagine what our next steps are
0: yeah i think that dsot is something that is not necessarily something by itself right this is we're not thinking that this is replacing as we've constantly said Thank you for all of the other activities that you're doing, because this is, again, one piece of a puzzle, right? All of these, we need both political clout and economic clout joined together in order to actually create the sort of change that we need. One of the issues is that we often see so many of organizations and nonprofits working specifically just in the sort of political lobbying realm and around political issue sets trying to mobilize people to get to the voting box or to call their politicians or things like that. And that's extremely important. But it's also important, as we've been saying, that you need some sort of economic cudgel as well, as Teddy Roosevelt would say, you know, you need to speak softly and carry a big stick, right? Right now, I think that we've got the soft speaking, but we don't have the big stick. And so part of what DSOT is doing is to build a stick for the people that we're all in and wielding together in order to say that. All of these issues that have 60% or more support, that are a super majority thing. And so Americans have already spoken and said, this is what we want our government to be doing. And the majority of the time, the reason why they're not doing it is because powerful economic interests on the other side are saying to the politicians, we're the ones that got you into power through our campaign contributions. You serve us, not the American people. So you will not take this action. So if we combine... You know, not shopping on Tuesdays with other political activism, the synthesis of those together creates a synergy that's actually larger and more powerful, I think, than the individual parts.
2: I think that's great, Jacob. I think this is a a great lead into this idea of how to DSOT in terms of incorporating it into kind of a larger framework here. And I know on the previous episode, in our inaugural episode, we talked about, you know, Sort of the idea of DSOT and what is an emergency? So, you know, not shopping on Tuesdays and what is shopping even, discretionary spending. So on the practicalities of DSOT, did we want to review what is an emergency?
1: I, you know, I'm going to make a confession. In four and a half years, I've spent money three times on a Tuesday, all involving cats. And two of them died within a couple of weeks of me going to the vet, sadly, Sorry. And you know, and there were other circumstances that combined that made the vet visit. He's not there on Wednesday. Different things combined, and then there was another emergency involving the cat. To me, emergency is what you think an emergency is. It's medical. It's trans. It's, it involves transportation. It, it involves your family. It involves your pets. That that could be very hurtful or or life threatening. It can be that. We talked about earlier that you have limited financial resources and then you get money on that day. And so it's a perpetual emergency, which is one of the issues we're fighting against, by the way, this massive economic and income gap. So d- discretionary is sort of, you know, you're, when you feel like doing, you know, I want to get a beer with a friend or, you know, I forgot carrots or, you know, I'm out of chocolate. And something that you can postpone, and there's no adverse effects. You know, if you can, you can go a couple of days without this this grocery or that. And I have grappled with it. I belong to a health club, and for a while, I said, I thought, can I work out on Tuesday? Well, they take money out of my account once a month. <laughs> I mean, I don't pay it. And there's a little, there's many places in my health club that you can spend money. They have a bar, <laughs> you know, they have equipment. So I I with myself that I'm not spending money. I am going there even without my wallet. I'm working out and coming home. So to me, if there's no long-lasting effects and it's just sort of whim, that is sort of routine. But if there can be possible adverse ramifications, then take care of it.
0: Yeah, to sort of summarize and put a point on what Barry was saying, I think that an emergency combines necessity and urgency. Right. It's something that is necessary for you to do and is urgent for you to get it done there. Right. So it's something that, you know, is not at your discretion and it's something that can't wait for another day. And as we were saying, for each person, that depending upon their situation, that could mean a variety of different things. If you, you know, are living comfortably and you don't have a lot of economic stress or things like that, The types of things that are discretionary and what's really urgent is probably going to be, you know, a different set of things than somebody who's living paycheck to paycheck, barely above the poverty line, struggling to survive, right? For those people getting, you know, money to be able to buy food, right? That could be a necessity, that could be urgent just on that Tuesday, right? And you shouldn't feel bad or beat yourself up at all about doing something like that. But we're saying that, you know, ask yourself, Does this really need to be bought? Do I really need to buy this and spend this money today? And, you know, you can answer that honestly for yourself as to what exactly that's going to mean. But we're never asking for perfection. We're asking that each week you try to do your best. And if you, you know, fall short one week, thankfully, you've got over 50 chances every single year.
1: We are looking for the day when we have way more than three. 0.5% of the population. So if there are emergencies or lapses or, you know, I just had to have that ice cream cone or whatever it is, it'll it'll be drowned in the overarching number of people that are not shopping on Tuesday. The goal is not to be right at the limit here, but just have more and more and more and more people not shopping.
2: And I think it can be up to each person also to determine, again, like you said, it's up to each individual person to assess their circumstances. And for me, I decided to also assess really what shopping meant to me when I thought about how did I want to go about DSOT. And so for me, I decided that window shopping was also off limits on Tuesdays. So I decided like even scrolling on Amazon or whatever online shopping like looking for stuff online I was like you know what? I'm not even going to add anything to a cart online. So like, that's found... considered window shopping. Go ahead.
0: So you found you found sort of for yourself that you want to create like a psychological barrier of activity that not even sort of playing around in that space, and you really want to create a wall for yourself? I just want to create a
2: wall, yeah. Which, of course, I think that's up to everybody to decide what their personal limit is. But I said, no, that's too close to actually spending money. So I was like, and it's still in the consumer mindset. So I said, you know what? I'm going to cease all of that kind of activity on Tuesdays, and I'm not even going to do any kind of window shopping.
1: You know, I donate a lot of things. I I love stuff. I do. And I love donating it. And I will not donate on that day because I don't want to see anyone see me walk out of a store or any sort of but, you know enterprise on a Tuesday. Because believe me, everyone who knows me has heard about DSOT. So because one time I had a lot of plastic bags and they recycled them at my supermarket. And I was walking by there. And I thought, why don't I just take the bags? I go, no, I don't want to go into the store. But as I said, I'm a little biased. I mean, about DSOT, but it is a very personal, it's a very personal decision.
0: I'll also say that, you know, donating and giving are not shopping, right? We're not trying to, you know, while everyone can make their own personal determination, one thing that we try to make clear every year, for instance, that on Giving Tuesday, giving is not shopping. Giving is not part of the consumer culture. It is part of a gift giving culture. And- that sort of solidarity, empathy, and care for other people is something that we do want to encourage. And so I totally understand why Barry, as a leader of this from an optics perspective, might not want to cause confusion among people who are just seeing her on the street. We want to encourage and say that, at least to my mind, giving and donating one's time or money on a Tuesday is not considered shopping. And you should feel good and empowered about you know, continuing to do that sort of thing, as well as all of the other non consumptive, you know, activities. You can, as Barry was saying earlier, you can go for a picnic. You can still hang out with your friends. You can play games. You can watch T V, you can go for a walk. You there you know, a panoply of ideas and activities that you can meaningfully engage in uh on a Tuesday. Just go shop.
1: I just wanna make one more point. I think Giving Tuesday is amazing and it was it was Thank God it arose among all this consumerism, among all these consumerism. And personally, and I am, as I said, I'm very biased for this. I don't donate on Tuesday, because I found that people want my money any day of the week. <laughs> that you know, when if it's a Wednesday or a Thursday, and I send it, yay. But part of the mission of DSOT is people uniting and contributing and giving of their time, giving of their money, finding the better place in their community. So absolutely. And Tuesday is sacred in many ways. That's when we vote traditionally. And now we have Giving Tuesday. So do not confuse donating, volunteering with shopping.
0: Yeah. And I want to say as well that, you know, this sort of movement can definitely, we've talked a lot about, you know, sort of the mechanical, but This can really, I think, one of our earliest, you know, movement supporters, a man named Phil, would often talk about how wonderful it made him feel to be a part and to be taking action, right? And to know that when you're taking action and not shopping on a Tuesday, that you get a peace of mind knowing that you're not adding to, you know, all all of the ills in the world. And in fact, you're standing with everyone across the country and often around the world that wants these sort of major pro-human changes. And one of the beauties about how to DSOT is that it's a very simple ask and it doesn't take a ton of time. And so we, I think often what happens in activist circles and around movements is that, as we were saying before, people can really pour themselves into one thing. And then when a different movement or a different ask comes around, they don't have the bandwidth to necessarily add into, you know, their routine a whole new, you know, policy set, a whole new issue set. And so one of the things about this is that you can be part of all of those movements, that you can be standing in solidarity with everyone and building it and any group or organization can adopt this, right? Extremely simply, you can add it into the actions and activities that any organization from environment to LGBTQ to prison reform, you know, any of these areas, you can add in that action and be fully part of the movement and have very little bandwidth actually taken up from the rest of the activities that either as an individual or an organization is doing. And I think that that is a real strength of this, is that it doesn't take much training. It doesn't take much time. Maybe takes a little bit of planning in that you have to actually think. But, you know, it's... It's great for trying to bring more people in and not exclude people
2: from this, from this.
1: Really quickly, we're asking people not to do something.
2: Yeah, as opposed to doing something. Yes.
1: So yes, continue all that you're doing and don't do this.
2: You, Barry, you've been probably the
0: person who's talked to the most and had the most individual cons before. Mm-hmm. Rabbi, do you have any, um you no know, sort of quick, what have been some of the most common questions and sort of responses as you've gone talking to people? We
1: talked about the most common one at the beginning that I don't receive anymore, but I also received, this is brilliant, but only my issue works. Only my issue matters. Only my issue counts. And my response was, how's it going? You know, I mean, I agree your issue is incredibly important and thank you all that you're doing, but you need... You need a unification around you. Another response that or objection that we had in dialogue was what about small businesses? And now we're proactive. We're saying not only do you notch up on Tuesday, conscious consumption and look in your neighborhoods and look at these amazing businesses. Just an aside, there are in, in Baltimore City, there are food deserts and just that, that are obviously linked to profit, and to, to to what corporate companies can make money. So let's encourage businesses in those communities to best serve those communities. So what we now does, the SOT is no longer one quick one hashtag. It's now don't shop on Tuesday, but support local, community, unrepresented, artists, farmers, whatever. I also got the the criticism or the objection or or the question of your your ask is brilliant and I referred to this in one of the the earlier session, but your why is muddled. You know, I believe in animal rights or Medicare for all or the environment. And it it's visceral with me. And my response is, again, how's it going? You know, first of all, thank you, thank you, but we need we need to unite together. And when you don't shop on Tuesday, as we're exploring this, Think of of your of what you're doing and how you are aligned with people that are that are just as passionate as you fighting for important issues. And those those are the, the the big ones, I think. I mean, they're you know, some people I've had people say, "Can I buy groceries?" I said, "Can you buy them Wednesday through Monday?" They go, "Yeah." I said, "Then buy them." Wednesday through Monday. It just it takes a little bit of planning. It's it's not a boycott. It's conscious consumption. What objections or conversations have you had?
0: Yeah, I think the small business one was definitely one of the one of the first ones. So you know, trying to shop local, you know, as well trying to support unions and things like that. We talked about the how is it's going to work, things like that. I'd just like to you know finish up by asking. Max, how was the experience of joining so as the most recent sort of member in this group anyway, uh, yeah. joining? How how has DSOT been as joining it, you know, for, in your own experience?
2: So for my own experience, because I'm fairly new to this, I would say that, you know, I haven't always been perfect. And especially at the beginning, it was really hard for me. I think like food was the biggest problem because there was something in my house that I was like, oh, no, I don't have this thing that I really love to eat. And it's, you know. A Tuesday and then I'm like oh no I have to get this thing because like now I'm really picky eater now I'm not actually a picky eater at all that's something that I've learned to like be like come on I can definitely live without that food for a day I was just being you know I don't even know if it was like I was being overly dramatic or whatever but now I just I can obviously just pre-plan my groceries it's so obvious but in the beginning I guess it didn't seem obvious so it's something that I've had to learn how to restructure like planning and then I think for me it's also just like yeah a very mindful practice for me. I would say even going as far as like spiritual is how I feel is very much like a meditative practice. And it does build community. I remember like a friend asking, oh, can I get lunch with you? And it was a Tuesday and we had had plans to go out. And then I had remembered that it was a Tuesday, kind of last minute. I texted her and I was like, no, no, it's a Tuesday, but you can still come over instead of instead of us going out. Can I like make lunch? And She was like, that sounds like a great idea. And it was better for us to like come in community together instead of like going out. And it was it was really lovely to to cook for her. So I think in that way, it's a mindfulness practice as well as the consumerism thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we've definitely gotten that quite a bit. As you said, the the people have found it not to be a mindfulness, to be, you know, healing in some way and to really be good psychologically as well, you know, to be part of something bigger and, and active. And so, you know, it's just, been, it's just been great to see all the that, you know, how people DSOT. And then in the next episode, we're going to be talking about a lot of the issues, about why it is that each of us DSOT and the issue sets around all of that. So once again, we want to thank you for all that you're already doing out there. And we look forward to you joining us in Don't Shop on Tuesday.
2: If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at don't shop at gmail.com. You can find out more about the movement at don'tshopontuesday.com. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash don't shop on Tuesday. And you can follow our Instagram at don't shop on Tuesday.
1: People get really irritated really quickly when you say, Can you repeat that?